Welcome to the NFT morning. Today is February 2nd of uh, 2024 and we are recording together the episode number 642. Uh, as usual, we're here to talk about uh, NFTs and uh, yeah, I am, as you can hear. You know, sometimes we do some rooms in English and we have, uh, of course, you know, even if, you know, most of the people listening are French people. Uh, and uh, my dear Rem, I hope it's okay for you. Yeah, it's perfect. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really excited because, you know, we have the chance today to have just, okay, I will start to have to make maybe some, you know, some debates, but it's just for me the best so collection on Solana. Okay, I start directly like this. But uh, it's, you know, you have a vibe, you have a spirit, you have an art, you see that you have a project. It's not only visual, it's not only, it's also technical. There are a lot of things, yeah. It's the Mad Lads uh, collection and we have the chance to be with, uh, you know, one of the co-founders of the team, uh, Ever alias Tristan. How are you, Tristan? I'm doing great. Wow, you started off Super high energy. I feel like I need to match you now. You kind of put me up there. It really, it really is the morning show, even though it's late at night where I am. Right now. Yeah, what time, you know, because you, you're based in, a, yeah, you are like, uh, what time is it in your place right now? I'm back in the States for a week to do okay. some quick things and then heading back to Japan. Okay, okay. Ah, uh, yeah, so you, you, you guys are in Japan. And, uh, yeah, so yeah, exactly. On all side, you know, it's 9 a.m. in the morning. I just took my my three coffees, you know, to start the show. And so this is kind of my routine. So, yeah. But, you know, yeah, I'm, I have the energy also because I'm excited and because, yeah, you know, Mad Lads, uh, just, you know, to share some figures uh, about uh, the, the this collection. Um, I believe, you know, tell me if I'm wrong because I didn't check the last figure, but, yeah, the floor is close to 150 souls. Uh, the, the volume is a pretty, yeah, pretty large. You know, the, the last 24 hours, I can see like a 1,600 souls volume. Uh, this, this is, uh, yeah, I think, you know, one of the, at least, you know, may, maybe, maybe, yeah, I don't know if it's the best, but one of the top three collections for sure. And, uh, it's not only actually what you guys are doing, just to summarize, it's not only mad lads but you you are our lab you are working on several projects and one of the most important one also is backpack uh, one of the key wallet you know that you can use uh, in the ecosystem so uh, you know just before we start i just wanted to 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 have you your summary of what is the main mad lad uh, objective what is your why why what is the the, the reason of existence of this uh, of this studio Wow, that's a really good question. And to just touch on the points that you brought up there for a moment. So Mad Lads have absolutely exploded in large part because we just have this amazing group of people who are right there every day, day in and day out, supporting everything that we're doing. And that in combination with the different things happening on the development side, which I'll get into, has really led to all this attention and energy 
that helped boost Mad Lads to its number one place on Solana. And I think at the moment we sit somewhere around the fifth place globally for, for NFT projects. We were in fourth there for a moment, which was pretty exciting. But it's just, it's just really, really nice to see a Solana NFT project competing sort of on the world scene with all of the other protocols. And it's, it's certainly been a lot of fun to have this community by our side for every step of the way. To your question on what is, what is the vision, what is the why, we, we pretty quickly realized when we launched Backpack, which initially was a, was a non-custodial wallet, it was an operating system for these decentralized applications that we had come up with. And so it was very tech-focused. It was perhaps more appealing to engineers who were looking into how to build these decentralized applications. And it wasn't clear to us that we would be able to get the distribution or the momentum for this product to get out into sort of the general crypto market. And so we actually came back to this somewhat cheesy analogy, but it really stuck with us when we were discussing this with Armani, which is if you go back to when Bitcoin was invented, it wasn't just that Satoshi solved the double spend problem. It was that there were all these cyberpunks and libertarians and anarchists and characters around the world that saw this immutable digital sovereign money and they became completely impassioned by it and they became the evangelists of bitcoin and of you know cryptocurrencies which which sprung out later and and we really believe it's this intersection of culture which were these group of people who were the evangelists and tech which is the the solution that came to this you know problem of not having sovereign funds so in the same fashion we realized that we needed a cultural component we needed a community. We needed a group of people who genuinely cared about the stuff that we were doing. And and that's who I would say the Mad Lads are. That's interesting because, yeah, you know, this is why, you know, I ask you this question because describing what you're doing on one hand, yeah, you know, when you see the, the Mad Lads collection, uh, you feel the culture aspect. And I think, you know, when you see, especially, I, 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 I cannot find it right now, but this page, you know, the... Uh, basically about the creators and uh, the project. You have this spirit, you know, a uh, lot of uh, extreme sport feeling and, uh, you know, kind of a way of life, you know, that you can feel uh, from, uh, you can feel, you know, when you watch at this. And, yeah. Just <laughs> you know, fuck you it, want, John. <laughs> you want to be part of it. You say, yeah, come on. These are cool people. I want to be a surfer like, you know, Mad Lads people and, you know, do some, uh, yeah, or crazy biker or whatever, you know. So, and on the other hand, it's very tech, you know, and this is the thing, you know. And so for you, yeah, you need both and not, uh, you have not one that is more important than the other one. And in many ways, the tech were also an influence behind Mad Lads because another reason that we had to do Mad Lads, that we had to do an NFT collection, is that we needed to showcase what it looked like if you had an XNFT, which was one of these decentralized applications that we created the format for people to you know, easily spin them out. We needed to showcase what it looked like when you combined it with an actual collectible. So it became a collectible XNFT. And to give you an example of what that means, it's just that when you're in Backpack Wallet, instead of just being able to open your MADLAD and see the JPEG, see the description, the attributes, you can actually open an application that is tied to the MADLAD that you hold that opens you up into an experience that we can create for the user. So at the moment, that's, that's staking. So you go in there, you stake, you can see the loyalty points, the loyalty coins that you're accruing. 
and you can see the badges that you've gotten from participating in different events. But it's essentially this open space to add experiences to the NFT collection, which usually, or I guess before this, was to go to a site, get your wallet, connect your wallet, sign in, verify that you were the owner, then the page would reload, it would show you your token-gated experience, you'd be able to interact with it. But in this case, all you need to do is hold the NFT. So we thought, we thought this was really exciting. We thought it was the first time we had seen something like this. And so we needed to have a collection to showcase this technology and hopefully get others excited as well. No, so that, okay, yeah, so that it makes sense, so that it makes sense. Uh, just, you know, I would just would like to come back quickly on your background, because I think it's, you know, always interesting what, how, how you ended up into this space, what you've been doing before that. Yeah, absolutely. So it was quite random how I got into work in the space. At the beginning, I got into crypto because I found some Discord servers, and I had an older relative actually show it to me in early 2017. And I kind of went down the rabbit hole. I had played copious amounts of RuneScape growing up, and it felt very natural to me. It felt very similar to these gaming worlds that I had been involved in for so many years. And so I fell in love. Fast forward a few years, I was just graduating from college, and I was looking through YouTube videos, and I came across a video of FTX. And these guys were trading all these coins, and they were doing all these things back in early 2020. I said, wow, this looks insane i would like to go and work here and so i i read oh, sorry interesting oh have i been muted the whole time no yeah i think yeah you've been muted but you're back yeah okay it, it said someone muted me it seems oh yeah okay fine well, maybe it's my bad <laughs> sorry about it yeah no no worries please please go ahead so yeah you mentioned yeah so after college you know you saw this ftx and, uh, yeah, and I thought it looked like the coolest place ever to work at the time. And I essentially sent this this email saying, hey, I don't care if I'm fetching coffee or if I'm mailing letters. I'd like to play a part in what's going on and, and, and work on this business. And so they gave me a shot. I was a customer support person. I worked there for a long time. I mean, met a lot of amazing people, met some people that we now know were just gigantic frauds and truly truly despicable people, I guess. But it's what gave me the experience and the opportunity to get into crypto, to meet the other people that have been formative in this journey, to come into contact with Armani when I was working on the Solana ecosystem very early on, and to form that working relationship with him over time while we were both working on Solana, so that when he decided to found this company, he reached out and he asked me if I wanted to be a co-founder with him. And that was the beginning of Backpack in early 2022. Wow. Okay. And so you, you, but you, so yeah, you already, you, from the beginning, you had also this uh, technical, uh, your, your, your background is technical, right? My background is actually not technical. My background is business development. It's customer support systems. It's exchange okay. operations, essentially communications, partnerships, so operations. Luckily, though, for me, my co-founder, Armani, is an incredible engineer, which, which is sort of the best fit that you can find if you are on the business side of things rather than on the engineering side of things. Of course. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And so, uh, so yeah, you mentioned that. So, yeah, to, to come back and you know what's going on right now, uh, you you mentioned that you uh, you know yeah it's true yeah, the solid basically 
everything, you know, Solana is a must-go step right now in the ecosystem. Uh, I don't see any uh, big trend or big collection uh, that has been released uh, on Ethereum. But me, I'm wrong, you know, in the last uh, six months, even if, you know, I... And, uh, you know, I believe most of the people in the space are Ethereum believer. Uh, the, how do you see, you know, how do you see this? You feel like, you know, Solana, uh, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, we'll, don't say it like this, but do you feel like, you know, Solana is going to kill Ethereum? I have a hard time seeing Solana kill Ethereum. I, I can see a world in which they coexist. And there is users on both ends that have their preferences. But what I really think Solana has that no one else has is Solana can be the home of all these new entrants into crypto. It's a, it's a very natural home for them. It's much more akin to the experiences that they've had in the digital world and gaming and social media. And I think that that is what will really matter because even though crypto has grown so much, I do think in many senses it's quite early, especially as far as user counts. So there's always this opportunity for whoever's the person that is able to pull in all these net new users, that that's where the opportunity will lie. And I think Solana has by far the best chance to do that at the moment in time. To your, to your sort of comment on, on Ethereum NFT collections and the fact that no collections have sort of done incredibly well lately, I think, I think there's a few reasons for that. One of the reasons, especially on the Ethereum side, is that now that there are no royalties enforced on the artwork itself, a lot of projects that depended on that to keep their operations going realized that they couldn't do so in a sustainable manner anymore. So folks that were maybe eyeing that out decided not to launch. And it really became a game of, well, on Solana, royalties are enforced. So obviously, collections still have that revenue stream. But I think it's more so around building alternate systems so you're not ultimately dependent on the NFT community for your business to be alive but they can be this complementing factor to the other things that you're building that can have you know, revenue generation and have their own lifespans. And then it becomes multiplicative because the NFT project helps those other projects and essentially all grow together. And a big part of the issue is that a lot of folks want to do the artwork, they want to do the collection, they may even do the community building, but it's really hard to have the product or engineering to be able to ship the other things that are starting to become somewhat folks' expectations when they think of top-tier NFT collections. No, as you know, it totally makes sense. And uh, I, I believe on one hand, yeah, royalties. On the other hand, as you mentioned, you know, gas fees. And we, we, if we anticipate with a bull run uh, that, uh, that is currently you know, growing, it may even be more complicated in the future. But on the other hand, you know, you know these collections, even now, you know, I think the price also is a important reason i mean uh, most of the ethereum collections are not affordable anymore but it's happening right now actually on solana you know uh, you know to get for example uh yeah to get the mad lad uh, it's big it, you know for people who are entering into the game right now it's uh, it's complicated so yeah, uh, yeah what, absolutely so what it's, it's, what it's a gigantic obstacle to onboarding new people i mean it's 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 beautiful to see and to see all these folks that were in incredibly early that minted these NFTs and are still holding them and sort of all the growth that they've experienced, that part is truly incredible. But it is true that it is harder to sort of get net new entrants unless they're already from like a pretty specific grouping of people within the crypto space. 
Um, although I'd say that one thing that we're doing that ameliorates this is that we can actually bring people that may not be able to sort of afford MADLADS into using our wallet, into using the exchange, into being really hands-on working with them just on other things than having them as an NFT holder. But yeah, I do agree it'd be really cool to have more folks who could have an NFT holding. Yeah, but are you not afraid, you know, people to, yeah, to to start to go to other networks like, I don't know, uh, SCI or, you know, trying new, new landscape, you know, where they have maybe more opportunities in the future? Are, are you... Do you mean just like for sustainability of everything that we're building or in, in what respect am I sort of afraid of these other old ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I mean, I mean, you know, in terms of ecosystem, you know, I mean, uh, for the, because, you know, you know how the space, how the space is, you know, uh, people are always looking for new opportunities. And uh, when something is becoming mature, uh, then, you know, yeah, communities start to discover new networks, new, uh, new layers. Uh, new new thing, so yeah, my, my, I'm just wondering, you know, if the Solana ecosystem, uh, you know, is ready to to yeah to fidelize uh, people and to keep them, you know, for the next uh, few years. Oh my you... gosh, man! Solana is more than ready. I I would say that Solana has been battle tempered over the last three years, and it went through its final crucible, which was the collapse of FTX, which was the point where either you end up with like alchemical gold or shit at the end of the process and solana came out rose from the ashes showed that it had a diehard community of engineers of folks who just love everyone else that they work with in the space of i guess like i'm trying to think of what i would distill it down to i think it's just grit maybe that's the word grit just grit across enough committed intelligent hardworking people that regardless of all these external aspects, the network pulled through and has continued to grow and I think has now passed through, perhaps, perhaps we'll see, you never know what happens, one of the hardest phases that it'll ever have in its growth. And it's, it's much beyond the phase where folks are going to seek new liquidity opportunities like you're seeing on L1s that perhaps haven't launched their token yet. And so folks are wondering if there's going to be airdrops or there's a lot of brand new protocols launching and they're doing token distributions to get those new users. These activities tend to be really mercenary, and it's it's quite hard to get those users to stay around. And it's going to be a huge challenge for a lot of these newer L1s to get that retention. But I would argue that Solana has basically on that part proven itself, and it has retained enough of an incredibly active core community that it is, with Ethereum and Bitcoin, in my mind, the third most mature ecosystem in crypto. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And, you know, uh, and at the end of the day, also, yeah, 2024, you know, I would say that, yeah, the green light is uh, on the on Solana's side. And also the fact that, yeah, you know, big opportunities are present in the NFT ecosystem, especially, I believe, because, you know, you, you have also big people who, who accumulated, you know, since uh, the FTX. And, uh, and so all this, New, this liquidity is currently in the Solana ecosystem. So I believe also it will, yeah, this money will come back to new NFT collections, not only, yeah, maybe on some tokens also, but uh, right now, because I think this is the issue, you know, you can see, for example, yeah, people are playing with meme coins and, uh, yeah, Bitcoin, Solana uh, are getting better. But, you know, 
people are still feeling like, you know, it's not the NFT uh, momentum right now. Uh, you know, and some people are saying that, yeah, the next bull run, NFTs could stay on the side. The, do, do, what would you say to these people? I would say that crypto is cyclical and a lot of it is a big ball of money that moves from certain thing to certain thing. And I think that that has had a tendency to go into the NFTs several times over past cycles and not to draw conclusions from the past, but I think that actually NFTs are bigger than that they've ever been at any point historically in the level of mass awareness that folks have around them and the different functionality that people are building into these things that actually touch upon people in the regular world from the perspective of these core communities that have formed around these top collections that are diehard super fans, much, much, much more diehard than the majority of Web2 brands, super fans. And so I think these things are just going to continue to expand and grow and the value of NFTs and the communities and all these things will will keep going together because at the end of the day, crypto is a very, 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 very compelling demographic for obviously the people within crypto building stuff for crypto users, but also for these external companies and Web2 companies that try and come in. And so there will always be, I think, this interaction between the two. I mean, the Mad Lads in many ways have become a decentralized marketing engine. People see them as this sort of beacon community on the Solana blockchain. And if they want to have exposure to Solana, if they want people to know about them on Solana, if they want people to talk about them on Solana, they they do airdrops to the Mad Lads. They do these different activities because they want the Mad Lads to pay attention to them. And I can only imagine this effect over time, as long as these communities keep putting the work in and keep strengthening, will just continue to grow as far as the effects that they see. I see. Yeah, yeah. No, totally makes sense. So to come back on, on Mad Lads project, so uh, what what is you yeah what what are the the the, the objective you have to for twenty twenty four where you would like to go? Oh man, so lots of surprises that I won't spoil because so much of this is the journey, as I'm sure the mad lads in the community would attest that it's it's been a really fun experience of having these things come as they come and trying to not set expectations or generate hype. Instead of that, actually not focusing on utility and focusing on having the best culture and the best community, because that's what pulls other people in. Utility is a meme, right? Utility is mercenary. If you have the right people, then those people will continue to strengthen the community. And I think Mad Lads have really, really been a testament to that. So anyway, that's a preamble to just say I'm not going to give any spoilers. But at a high level where I would like to see Mad Lads over this next year is as a top few NFT collection, if not the top NFT collection across crypto, I would love for the Mad Lads brand to have further penetration outside of crypto. That's the whole effort that we're doing with the Mad Lads roster, where we're trying to meet people where they are and wanting them to be familiar with the Mad Lads brand. So I would love for those efforts to continue. Can you, can you explain that? Yeah, for people who don't know the roster, can you explain a bit more? You know the yeah, sure. The concept. Yeah, sure, happy to. So the concept around the roster is is as follows. Mad Lads have been this incredible distribution vehicle or megaphone for crypto Twitter for folks who, yeah, basically for crypto Twitter. That is where people most notice them and see the things that are happening. And it's really valuable because that's where all the crypto users are. But I think 
really, if we want to keep succeeding in what we're doing, we need to keep building new inroads into our space. And we can't just rely on the existing sort of inflows that we have, which a lot of it is just like, oh, numbers going up. A lot of older people, younger people download crypto apps and sort of they speculate. And I think there needs to be other reasons that people come in. And I think there's a huge, huge blue ocean opportunity for those that are able to create new inroads into their products, into their communities. And so basically what the roster is, is an attempt at that. It's a project that is focused on creating content that is compelling to the non-crypto native demographic and hopefully compelling enough that in their minds, when they see this branding, they say, hey, this is a cool brand. And they don't think of it, oh, this is a crypto brand, whatever. This is cool. This is culture. And if you can actually do that at a massive scale, the value that you can get is actually quite incredible. And so that's that's a goal. It's a bit far off. But that so would it's be kind of a, yeah. Okay. That so would be amazing. Kind of, yeah. Creating it's kind of a Red Bull strategy. Like yeah, exactly. Crypto. Yeah. Yeah. Red Bull coined. I mean, this dude went to Thailand and mixed bubbly water with some concoctions. And then he's like, how the hell do I market this to people and make them think it's cool? He's like, well, I'm going to get these people that make some of the most incredible content in the world and I'm going to have them all drinking these Red Bulls. So <laughs> I think yeah. it's a great strategy. No, no, yeah, totally makes sense. Uh, and uh, we have this feeling and yeah, basically they, they invented uh, what we call brand content. And so, yeah, you know, it can create your identity. And I think this is what I described at this beginning, you know, when you see this roster page and also, you know, your profile. And, and John, sorry, let me, let me add one more thing. Sure. And the other reason that I think it fits so well into everything that we're doing is because the lads are mad and the roster members are mad. They're mad in life. They're passionate. They're pushing things way beyond the limit. And that's what Mad Lads stand for. And so they really are true ambassadors and representatives of the Mad Lads and the vision behind Mad Lads. So it's not even fabricated. It's just genuine to the story that we're building. No, it's real. Yeah. What do you mean? You, yeah. You, you are a big wave surfer, basically. <laughs> I am one surrounded by many friends that are way, way better. But we're, we're trying here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, 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 uh, no, I think you know it's a really smart, uh, smart strategy, and I think this is all the point, you know, onboarding uh, more people, and uh, I believe that uh, this is a key, of course, uh, you know, to for Web three, you know, to to become mainstream, uh, trying to find ways to onboard them, and I believe also with the wallet. You know, it's also maybe one of your objective. I think I like you know what you mentioned at the beginning is that you know so far. You know, the vision of a wallet is you, yeah, you connect your wallet and you just need to go on the website to check what you own and have something more integrated and provide an experience within the wallet directly. Uh, I guess, you know, for you, it's one of the key also. Yeah, you're, you're basically touching on gold, John. So, so the beauty of the combination of building this non-custodial wallet that supports Solana and Ethereum and over time will support other chains with this exchange that is this nexus for all these people that are trying to onboard fiat, perhaps looking for gas tokens to send to their wallet, to go do something in the non-custodial world. Maybe they're minting an NFT. Right now in crypto, there's usually a lot of handoffs on the different steps there. We can make it so that it's an integrated process where we can hold the user's hand through this whole journey from fiat to gas token to wallet to, da to dApps. And I think that's a really awesome thing because it gives us an opportunity to not only treat the exchange as the centralized exchange where people onboard fiat or they hold their crypto and then they forget about it, but also as this nexus into the on-chain world and as this place that people that are maybe 
you know, sex native, but, but DeFi or, or this, you know, decentralized world curious can have an entry point to doing these things. And we can do it all through the backpack product, which is something I'm really excited about. I see. I see. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, at, at the, at the end of the day, but you know, it's always the question, you know, and that's why I believe, you know, when you create this kind of wallet, it's kind of the, the challenge, you know, because also most of the people at the beginning, it's hard for them to understand cryptos and, uh, to, uh, you know, uh, yeah, to have this seed phrase and stuff like that. Uh, you've been thinking about, oh know, man, yeah. let me, let me, let me give a counterpoint here. So, yeah. um, this, this last week I, I made an effort to onboard all the roster members to discord, to get their roles in the mad lads discord. And for some of these guys, it was the first time they had ever used discord and I swear that they grokked or understood setting up the wallet in an easier fashion than they did setting up their Discord accounts, which was crazy to me because Discord has, you know, 150 million monthly active users. And it's like, okay, the UX for that was that shitty. Maybe, maybe I'm not saying we don't have to improve and, and that there's a ton of improvement to, to do here. I just thought it was really interesting to see that if you do something people, if there's a, something people really want, they'll figure it out and they'll get through that process. But anyway, sorry, just a, just a rant off a previous experience I've had in the last few days. No, 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 but I think it, no, but it's a key question, you know, because UX is, uh, is in the middle of what we're doing. You know, many people say that, yeah, you know, you have a lot of experiences that have been developed, like, I don't know, uh, uh, Magic Link or other way of, you know, uh, onboarding people by reproducing, yeah. you know, what they have into Web2. And uh, and so I was wondering, you know, if yeah, for you it's a it's one potential way to onboard people. Yeah, it it absolutely is. I mean, in the beauty of the the backpack exchange and the backpack wallet living in the same application on mobile is that sort of as you're saying, we can be the experience that people are used to to get started. So what I mean by that is, you know, most of Web two, you put in your email, the password, and you're in. And in that case, the exchange works perfectly for that type of user. They put you know, they set up an account, they put their email, their password, they can come in and out, they have somebody that they can talk to if they don't know, you know, where their coins are, how to send it, how to receive it and whatnot. And so that's a really good starting point, especially for brand new users. And then from there, we can, you know, walk them over and help educate them on the non-custodial side of things, what it means to set up a seed phrase, what your private key is, basically that the wallet is this interface for you to interact with your assets that are on the blockchain rather than the exchange, which is more like a bank where your assets are held by the company. And, and that can create these sort of user journeys that are easier than just, you know, a friend telling another friend, yo, you should mint this NFT. You need a, you know, you need some soul, go mint it. At least we can, we can be there for the different parts of the process until they get to that mint. And, you know, then we'll, they can do it on Tensor in the backpack wallet at some point or something. Yeah. No, no, okay. Yeah. Not that any makes sense. That any makes sense. And, uh, no, this is super cool. I'm checking also, yeah, people, the, the comment from people, uh, like, yeah, GM, GM, Solana people, they had a lot of excitement around Solana right now. Uh, what do you, um, you know, I know that you don't want to, of course, you know, to, to share the roadmap, all the, the secret plan you're working on, but, uh, what is the next, when, when can we expect, uh, you to, when is the, the the next moment, you know, for Mad Labs on your side? What should we expect soon? We should expect some <laughs> awesome advancements on the Backpack Exchange side, which we have uh, posted an Easter egg 
on the backpack timeline for those. Some have caught it. Some have been savvy enough. So that's really awesome. Oh, I missed. Because... I missed. I missed this. Wow. What there is. Oh, a you'll, you'll, you'll have to. You'll have to find it there. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give more out. Yeah. So that's gonna be really, really, really good. So there is something you know. So if you dig, so if people are interested to dig. So yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that now on the Discord, you know, you have some people uh, trying to to check every corner of the wallet, every kind of transaction to see what's going on, right? There's there's a lot of things in the work. There is a very very active dev pipeline and a lot of features that are coming out, and then also a lot of wins on the expansion side of being able to bring the exchange to more of our Mad Lad holders and users around the world, which is super exciting. And there are several things in the works for the lads themselves. There's this there's this amazing partnership we're doing with the Tensor with the Tensor team and the Tensorian community. Right now, if you use Backpack Wallet on Tensor, it gives you a point multiplier. And there may be other things. I don't know if you guys saw my tweet today asking Richard and Ilmoy if they have any thoughts, but I think there may be some things in the work there. And generally just outside of giving I guess a preface to things that are actually coming, which I'd rather people experience moment by moment. I would say come into the Discord. If you know, especially if you're a Mad Lads holder, if you're not in the Discord, definitely join the Discord. A lot of discourse in the community happens in there. A lot of talking and and updates. And I realize that a lot of folks that are actually holders have missed out on quite a bit of information because they're not in there. And so I get, I highly recommend it. I recommend checking out the community announcements channel. Um, yeah. Yeah, to see what's going. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, and just you know, yeah. I just wanted, of course. You know, again, I don't want to you to reveal anything on the on the roadmap. And of course, you know, it's not your, it's not the point right now. But you know, you've been thinking about doing um, like other dude, like other deal, like uh, sisters collections uh, to onboard people on yeah cheaper prices for NFTs. Not at the moment. It's not something we're focusing on. There's just so much going on. Yeah. So no. Yeah. It's not. It's not. You. You don't believe it's something that you should do right now. Oh, at some point, it may be an amazing thing to do, and it may allow us to expand our community and and grow the Madled community and then grow new communities. But I think at the moment, it's not something we're thinking too much about. No, I think it's good. No, no to be honest, you know, to be fair, you know, when it will happen, it will be nice. But I think it's interesting to see that it's not a priority right now because. For many collections, you know, it was, yeah, basically, uh, you know, a way to find resources and to make money where at the moment where they didn't have other other way to make money. So it means that, yeah, you know, to be sustainable on your side, you, you're you not relying on releasing new NFT collections, but more on the on the exchange, I guess. This is how you see, like, you main source. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, for, for, for our NFTs, it's always been that way. I mean... It's really funny because we never thought of Mad Lads as as a you know revenue generating mechanism or as a way to make profit. That was that was never really a central part of our thought process. But but what ended up being crazy about that is that when FTX collapsed, the backpack had the majority of their treasury on FTX, and so for a moment there, we were we were left in a state of of not knowing if you know the company was going to be able to keep operating, if we were going to be able to keep things going. It was this huge uncertainty in this this you know really scary moment, but the Mad Lads actually produced 
enough to maintain the company and keep it in a good pace, which is something that ended up being pretty incredible from not having any of those expectations of profit. So anyway, long-winded way of saying we're not thinking of the NFT side of things for the money being made. We're thinking of it from the aspect of the community and the people that we can bring in and have them be the users of the other things like the wallet and the exchange. Uh, this is so, you know, it's so good to hear this kind of, you know, to be honest, you know, it's really refreshing and uh, it makes a lot of good, you know, to have kind of good entrepreneur uh, speech like you're doing right now. So really, thank you very much, Tristan, for this. And uh, and so, yeah, I wanted, you know, yeah, it's uh, I see that the timing is going fast. So I just wanted to ask you, and I think I just wanted also to give a big shout out to Kimei because uh, she introduced you with me. And uh, she's great, very dynamic, you know, and I'm really happy to chat with her. So, and actually, Kimi is also asking a question. It's about when can, we, when can we see you in Europe? Are you going to uh, NFT Paris? Well, I'll be there for NFT Paris. They've been graceful enough to offer me a speaker position. I'll have a Mad Lads keynote out there. So if you're there, I would love to meet in person. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And then, you know, I will message you to, for you to come to Lisbon also very soon for the non-fungible conference. So that's, uh, that's awesome. So yeah, we, so for people in Paris, you, you may have the chance also to meet Tristan. And so that's, uh, that's super cool. And uh, I don't know, yeah, if you just wanted to share one last thing also, I, I have someone also, yeah, uh, Guillaume from the team uh, who want to share just a small news uh, at the end of the room. But uh, maybe Tristan, you you want to share one last word, you know, for the community? Yeah, just yeah, just thank you guys. I mean, it's it's so much fun, and and let's keep having more fun. It, I just every time I'm in one of these spaces, I scroll through the audience, and it's just so many people that I've now known for for like over a year for a lot of these people, and interact with them on a pretty regular basis, and it's so freaking awesome because these are people all over the world. So. Yeah, I appreciate you, lads, community. I see all of you guys here in, in the audience. So thank you as always. And that's it. And thanks for hosting me and appreciate appreciate the time. No, thank you very much, you know, with, uh, for being here this yeah this night, actually, not this morning with us. Uh, it was a pleasure. And uh, so, yeah, I wanted to, to welcome also, I think, Guillaume, you're not on stage, but I believe you wanted to talk about this exhibition that you will have uh, in Paris with Kevin Abosch. Uh, uh, so you're on stage. Hey, Guillaume, how are you? You're on mute, Guillaume. Guillaume, Guillaume, I've lost you. Okay, Guillaume, are you there? One, okay, I can do the speech for you because I know what you wanted to talk about. So basically, uh, basically, it's happening at Acheter uh, de l'Arc. And so you've been uh, doing this opening with the artist Kevin Abosch. About, uh, so, yeah, huge artist Kevin Abosch. And, uh, and so it's about an exhibition that is running until Saturday, if I'm not wrong. Uh, and, uh, and so, yeah, you know, for people who don't know, Kevin Abosch is one of the key artists in the space. You know, he's been doing a lot. And, uh, and I, believe, I believe that Guillaume for some reason, has been rugged from the space. So, uh, so yeah, maybe you will come back. Maybe you will come back, I'm trying to bring you back right now. And let me go on the page in the same time 
so I can share more about it. Uh, let me see. Hey, Guillaume. Hello, hello. You hear me? Hey, here we are. Yes. What's pleasure up, Guillaume? To, a pleasure to, uh, to talk to you. Hello, John. Hello, Rem. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for giving me uh, some minutes to talk about one exhibition, actually, current exhibition at the Gallery Achtelard uh, in Paris. Yes. Uh, so tell, tell us more. What, what is yes. this exhibition? Uh, it's, a, it's an exhibition uh, of Kevin Abosch. Maybe uh, I think you, you know Kevin Abosch. It's a, a true OG uh, uh, in the space. Uh, actually, it's, a, it's a, a short one, a short exhibition. It ends uh, this, uh, this Saturday evening. This very Saturday. Uh, and uh, it's uh, focused on uh, uh, still life, which is uh, one of his work minted in uh, 2023, uh, following his open edition uh, series. I don't know if you remember, but it's, it was a, a huge hit. He, he made more than 2,000 ETH uh, of uh, volume of uh, sales. So it's quite impressive. And today we, uh, uh, we, uh, I wanted to talk about a, a physical piece. Uh, it's uh, uh, this time. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a print we made uh, on from one of these uh, uh, these artworks. It's uh, it has it, it will be uh, made at Atelier Claude Paris, very premium print, and it will be numbered and signed by Kevin. What I want, why I wanted to talk about that, it's because it's, I think it's a rare, rare opportunity uh, to own a physical piece of uh, by Kevin Abosch, uh, signed and numbered in a nice format. So that's it. Actually, it's um, uh, it's the can. The, the work is quite uh, iconic. It's the, the food can. I don't know if you see uh, what I'm talking about. It's a reference to uh, obviously to uh, Andy Warhol Campbell's soup. But uh, in uh, in the 21st century, it's a way of it's a pop art, but maybe a crypto pop art, something like that. It's um, it's a really nice uh, nice piece, and I wanted to. Uh, to to focus on the on the, the, the fact that it's a time edition, uh, the orders are possible this week, this week only uh, during the exhibition. It will uh, last until Saturday evening. After that, it won't, won't be possible to to order the print. And uh, today we are around. Uh, 50, so just to uh, just to summarize, so basically, yes. so you have this. Yeah, there is a big reference, you know, of uh, Campbell uh, soup. Yes. You know, when yes. you see it, you know, you see that, uh, you know, basically you have a big uh, can with food. You know, I'm sharing the image right now. Also, I'm pinning this right now so everybody can see it. And so what you can do, basically, it's limited edition of uh, uh, serigraphies, so prints from uh, from Kevin Abosch. Is it a limited edition? It is absolutely a limited edition. Uh, actually, we will print a number of, uh, depending on the number of orders. And it will uh, the orders as I said. Uh, so it's an open edition. It's a kind of print open edition, right? It's not no because open edition you it's not numbered. This this print is numbered, so it's uh, it's something important. But uh, it's uh, the, the the number depends on the number of orders. That's it. It's what we call timed edition. Timed edition. It's not technically exactly an open edition. Okay. Yes, Fine. absolutely. Absolutely, and, the, and 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 if you are in Paris, uh, the the exhibition is quite uh, funny to uh, to to visit because uh, it's a mono. How much? Uh, how much is a is a piece? It's it's really uh, affordable. It's two uh, two eighty euros. Two hundred two hundred yes, uh, eighty euros. euros. Yes, two hundred eighty euros. And and I, 
it's, it's funny because we have uh, many orders from the U.S. Uh, uh, collectors. Not too much from the French French one, but uh, it's uh, it's it's very, okay I, because you can buy online. Yeah. yeah, of course you can buy online. You can pay with <laughs> you can pay with crypto, uh, obviously, and everything is okay. It works. It works perfectly. I think I, I'm pretty uh, convinced that uh, it's it's quite rare and it's, it's it, it will become a, a, a grail in the in the in the next months. I'm pretty sure of that. Okay, so uh, and how many can we know how many sales uh, you've been doing so far? Uh, around 50 so it's not uh, okay. it's uh, it's it's not it's not huge so it makes the piece uh, uh yeah yeah no, because this is the point you know if you did 1000 then yes of course potentially less valuable than if it's yes. more limited edition yes. Yes. okay i shared the website so the website is htdelar.com And so, you, yeah, you, everything is on the website also. And for people in Paris, they can go to the Galerie Acheté de l'Art, Rue de Lap. And uh, it's open until uh, Saturday evening. So Saturday the third. So tomorrow evening, or if you're recording, the, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, it's uh, yeah, until Saturday evening. That's okay. it. This is awesome. This is awesome. It's Thank really you, awesome. John. Thank you so much. No, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And uh, I just wanted to to thank again, you know, the Mad Lab team for the, this podcast and uh, to thank Rem for being there. And uh, so, Rem, I think we are good. So, you know, everybody, see you again on Monday. You know, on Monday, we will just have a recap of the week. And actually, Guillaume, you are more than welcome to come with us. We'll invite mm. you for the recap of the week. Uh, that will happen on live, on video, and we will be with Leo. Uh, and then, you know, we have a full program that is super cool also next week. So I'm really happy to see you there. And maybe, Zach, you wanted to say a few words also? Zach, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Perfect. Thank you very much. <laughs> Okay, so Rem, we're good, so have a great day and good morning. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, thank you.